Welcome back to Poet in Bangkok. It's been a while. I'm Colin Chaney. And I'm Donald Quist. Every episode, we hear the stories of artists, writers, musicians, and filmmakers. And Donald and I... Hold on, just a second. Colin? Hello? Yeah, sorry about yeah. that. Everything all right? <laughs> it was some of the it was some of those sh- uh, shepherd, you know, the, like the shepherd guys. Mm. Uh, they like came to the back door, and, uh, and I heard them, but my wife didn't, or or she heard them and she was wise enough to ignore them. They're like they're everywhere now. You know? know, my wife tells me she's seen like hundreds of them marching down the streets of Bangkok preaching about the gospel of Captain Raymond Shepard and shit. It's, <laughs> it's weird. I mean, like this, the like spaceman returned from Mars promising to save us. You know, it's like, I, I, I mean, I love it. I love it, except I'm getting utterly tired of it. And it's like, it would be funny. It'd be funny if, right? It's just like everything else. It'd be funny yeah. if. Yeah. But yeah, they're, uh, they're going down to the, the next house. They're really creepy. They're really creepy dudes. They're really creepy. You know, they're, the shepherds are, they're like more persistent than Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses put together, you know, and they're more pervasive yeah. and ominous than the Buckrock. Like, <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I see but they're shepherds bl- But they're also the blossoming as, as prodigiously, so. <laughs> exactly. They're just freaking me out. Um, uh, did you see that? Th- I'm trying to remember who posted it. I read somewhere that they're... Some of them are claiming that they can uh, that they can speak to uh, Captain Shepard, even though he's supposedly still in. I mean, who, who knows where he is? But supposedly, the official line is in, he's, in, he's in isolation uh, ever since the Harbinger Two crew returned. Like nowadays, honestly, who knows? Maybe they can. <laughs> um, like you know, before Doctor Wells Clark and her crew were shuttled off and detained at some like ISIC black mm-hmm. site, uh, she did say that reporters. Uh, she told them. Uh, she told reporters that bringing back Shep was a mistake, that we should yeah. have never brought him back from Mars. Yeah. Also, I can't help but notice how Shep and all of the shepherds sound just like I did when I was dealing with my, like, Martian aphasia. I and know, right? I added level of creepiness yeah. to it. Oh, totally. You sound good, though. Oh, thanks. I, I haven't picked up anything. Thanks. I mean, we'll, we'll check the... We'll check the audio recording, but I haven't heard anything. It's weird, but uh, Joe, the guy you, the you guy you met at the whale crash site in in uh, northern Thailand, the one with the ties to this top secret government <laughs> agency. Yeah, Joe. Anyway, Joe, he offered me these pills, um, <laughs> and he admitted, he admitted. What do you mean pills? These weird pills, and he admitted that they hadn't passed clinical tests or trials. Don- Donald, dude. I was so desperate, man. I just I gave them a try and they worked. Uh, my wife's happy. Like they work like what? They work because they like I don't I don't apparently I don't have Martian aphasia anymore. Like my words are clear. People, oh yeah, well you couldn't hear it anyway. So. Yeah, okay. yeah. Like yeah. Uh, people are telling me they are clear. Like I'm clear. They can understand me. I just hate that whenever I need more, I'm beholden to this dude I know nothing about. Um, so that's that's where I'm at. But where where are mm-hmm. you at? 
actually because you're in the, you're in the states we're still both in the states right now yeah. recording our our thailand <laughs> <That's podcast. right. laughs> two, two guys in america talking about thailand no I, i'm i'm in south carolina um i was working with my speech therapist uh who's in north carolina but since the pills i haven't really felt the need to go to my therapist so i'm thinking about heading back to bangkok eventually really um yeah i think i'll head on i can't say i can't quite say home right but like i'm thinking about yeah. heading back yeah no you will still be according to the the thai uh, authorities you'll still be an alien so. right aliens though i wonder do you know what i never actually figured out we should ask somebody i don't know whether mm-hmm. in the thai language like extraterrestrial and alien mm-hmm. are actually the same thai word that's a good point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we should call up that professor at the university that we talked about. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, who, who, was, who took the cell phone call from uh, from Martians. Uh, we should repost that YouTube video, by the way. Yeah, we, just, we need uh, to. I would be curious what to. that dude, whether he's like, whether he's a shepherd or whether he's like an anti-shepherd, you know, at this, at yeah. this point. Like where he, so all the, everybody, everybody realigns in this new world order, yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how, order. I don't know how life got this way. What do you mean? <laughs> When you and I started this podcast, uh, when we were both actually in Bangkok, when we were both actually writers in Bangkok, that's right. <laughs> uh, we we set out we set out to try to piece together this this larger story about making art in Thailand, as our as our little intro said, right? Yeah. And try to tell this larger story about making art uh, while being Americans and be, being in Thailand. And now neither of us are living in Thailand, and yeah. you're in regular correspondence with a pusher man. Uh, <laughs> slash government spook who's supplying you with mysterious substance. Um, and I'm spending my time uh, translating alien audio signals into English, you know, <laughs> yeah. sort of avant-garde poems. Um, yeah. And two years ago, we chatted about the surreality of our lives living in, in, in Thailand. But <laughs> obviously we were naive in thinking things couldn't get uh weirder than a uh truth than a military coup than uh living in the, the the what we now know to be the final days of that particular monarch's rule life right now is just like mm-hmm. an absurd it's like an, an absurd or surreal yeah. version of itself that's deep dude <laughs> Shut uh, up. that's deep <laughs> So how are those translations coming along now? Uh yeah, it's it's okay. It's fun. It's um it's it's good to feel compelled to do something. It's good to feel compelled to make something. Uh as we'll hear in a couple of minutes uh when or you will hear in a couple of minutes, uh dear listener mm-hmm. who's who's putting up with this wandering Marin <laughs> open. And uh, the woman we interviewed talks talks a lot about you know how in in a state of crisis or, or in, a, in a moment of of social change uh, artists will find a way will find whatever way po- uh, necessary or possible to uh, to create and to and yeah. to find ways to comment on the on the, on the state of things and so yeah it's it's good to sort of feel like I mean I've been having such a hard time figuring out how to respond to America as it is right now and the aftermath of the the Martian whales crashing into the atmosphere and the yeah the rampant uh alien flowers everywhere and now these these strange uh, cultish figures uh rising up uh, around <laughs> this this spaceman uh, astronaut um out of some b movie yeah yeah um so it's nice to focus on something joy who you remember joy yeah i remember yeah we talked about her in our previous episode yeah um joy readers might remember uh was a 
woman I met in uh, when I was in Vietnam, and she shared some of her Mars Wales translations with me uh, while I was there. And uh, she's continued working with me uh, since. And um, yeah, we've been sort of we've been um, collaborating on um, on making sense of those translations and making those translations. Uh, and uh, she actually contacted me a few days ago, and she's heading to the Arecibo Observatory in Puerto Rico. Um, apparently, hmm. something uh, something suitably X Filesy is going on down there. <laughs> so uh, okay. Speaking to what Anne talks about in the interview, artists finding a way to to process through art. I, I guess if I'm being honest, doing this podcast provides some much needed and desired order helps me organize things into a way that I a way that I might be able to make sense and I'm glad we're continuing even even despite everything that's going on totally so. uh, this is this is impressive we had a Marin open before the actual uh, credits so let's actually hit do the credits so yeah, dear listeners good. on today's podcast uh, you'll hear an interview with arts journalists Kaota and Ketbun Kon recorded at the Bangkok Arts and Cultural Center a few weeks after the passing of His Majesty, the much-beloved King Bumipon Adunya Day. During our talk with Anne, she walked us through and explained an art exhibit at the BACC honoring the late monarch. She talked about the origin of her passion for the humanities and art and discusses her role at Kaosad English as a lifestyle reporter and her desire to make the hard stuff easier to understand. She talks about using discussions of art, culture, and film to more safely explore the politics and social situation of Thailand, and gives an example of how an interview helped her process the 2016 Thai referendum using the Lord of the Rings and the Shawshank Redemption. She touches on the hierarchies of Thai art circles and delves into the risks of making art when laws limiting freedom of speech carry such grave consequences. And Anne gives America some advice on how to deal with the tumultuous political change in the shadow of alien invasions. And all of this before things got really crazy here months yeah, later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you didn't check out our previous episode, episode 14, just to make it personal, we spent a lot of time talking about living in a country that becomes increasingly foreign to you. Uh, we talked about being back in the USA and trying to comprehend the disgraces of America's new administration while dealing with the strangeness of alien vines choking the earth and roaming cults. Um, understandably, we've been gone a while uh, trying to balance this, all of this, and figure out how to navigate our new lives. But listening to this interview, what I found kind of almost sweet in a way is uh, it, the interview feels somewhat far away from me. It's Mm-hmm. It's yeah. interesting to hear how nervous we all sound, the three of us. Um, <laughs> we're we're talking around this giant white elephant in the room, and understandably so. Uh, we, of course, when you're making art in Thailand, you do it fearing the possibility of unintentionally violating Article One One Two, the law that prohibits folks from saying or doing anything that might be considered or perceived as an offense to the monarchy. And so you hear that in the interview. You you can hear reservation in it. Um, and I just found that kind of, we didn't, we had no clue what was coming next. Like we, we just. <laughs> no, we, it's true. We had no and, it, clue. and I think it's, and it's interesting. The, the interview feels far away that those, those early days of the, those, those days so soon after the, the yeah. passing of uh, King Bumibon, 
feel far away. Uh, I've been in the U.S. now for over six months, and so we're you know we're deep into uh, America's uh, situation under the new presidency. And I couldn't ha- help but think, and maybe we'll reflect, reflect on this later. I just couldn't help but think of the 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 ways in which the American uh, media and how American artists have been trying to navigate uh, this current this current moment. And um, right. I'm thinking particularly of the the situation where the comedian Kathy Griffin, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, did that routine, had that video where she was she was holding the the severed the severed head of uh, President Trump in one hand and the severed head of Captain Shepard in the other. Yeah, and how that just got her <laughs> into, uh, you know, how that got her into an incredible amount of trouble with mm-hmm. the with. With everyone, <laughs> with, with everyone, everyone. <laughs> and you know, I gather she 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 recently said she had a a long interview with the Secret Service, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was just it was interesting as I was as I was watching the coverage of that to be thinking about how I guess I I guess I didn't think about how American artists would be wrestling with how to to resist or how yeah. to make art. Uh, in the context of this presidency in, in, in a way that is uh, in any way kindred to what Thai, Thai artists um, right. were, were struggling with. And again, it's not, I don't mean to, to suggest that they're, they're the same, but they're, they're much more kindred than I, than I would have thought. Of course. And, uh, but I did, I did, it was interesting to note how, how even though she apologized and, mm-hmm. and she, you know, she was fired. She did right after that, just go right back to, to mocking President Trump on Twitter and mocking <laughs> Captain Shepard and the Shepherds yeah. on Twitter, yeah. and so you know she did, it wasn't as though she was silenced. Whether whether you believe what she did was wrong or not, uh, in good taste or not, it was interesting to, to notice how she 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 apologized that mm-hmm. that she had stepped too far in her own in her own judgment, at least in the after in after the fact. But then she went back to uh, <laughs> to mocking <laughs> yep. to right mocking to power. It. Uh, and and society. Yeah. So I just found that interesting. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I meant to ask before we just before we get into uh, before we we let, uh, we finally let our um, listeners hear Anne's interview. Mm-hmm. I wanted to just ask: Have you heard anything? Because your your wife is yeah. still in Thailand. Have you have you heard anything from her? What's like? What's going on on the ground back there? All right. This uh, the interview you're about to hear with the listeners are going to hear with Anne is still topical. Um, because I was talking to my wife just this morning. She said, um, many people are still mourning the passing of the king, and they're still wearing black uh, and grays. And I'm I'm headed home, not home, but headed back to Bangkok next month. And she Mm. just reminded me not to pack any red shirts or bright colors. (laughs) Right, Um, right. the, The furthest I can go is like blue or gray. And it's going to be the anniversary in October, so... There'll be probably events for that. There'll be commemorations for that. So this this uh, episode stays timely. Yeah. Other than that, uh, she says the <laughs> the shepherds. There are Thai shepherds roaming the streets. Um, of course, of course, there are. Even in the floods, uh, there have been some a lot of flooding in Bangkok and a tremendous amount of heat. But they're still out there dredging through the canal-like streets like underneath the blooming vines just uh going Hmm. from door to door to door strange times all right Uh you just tell your wife to keep the door locked as we keep our door locked here and just tell those those shepherds to 
to keep moving on. That's right. So, though it feels like half a world away and uh, ages ago, we had such an amazing time interviewing Anne at the BACC, and we're really excited to share her interview with you. Before we'd interviewed her, we had often uh, talked about uh, her coverage of the arts in Thailand and posted uh, many of her articles uh, about the arts on our website. So we were thrilled to be able to sit down and chat with her. So without further ado, here is our interview with Anne at the BACC in Bangkok in December of last year. So we're up on the fifth floor. What is this? What, what is the exhibit? Yeah, it's like the exhibition about King Pumipon, of course. And people from nationwide submit the uh, Instagram photos, like more than uh, 14,000 pictures to this, for this event. As you can see, there are like many small photo, Instagram photos in black and white that, you know, make up the big image of His Majesty King Pumipon. In the, it makes a big mural. Wow, it's beautiful. When you when you look at an exhibit like this, and when you think about the the people who have submitted the, the photographs, and then the, and then the people who are viewing it, what do you think that a Thai person will see in the images of the king, in those representations, in those reproductions that a foreigner just can't, just won't see? It's like a way to show the um, affection and loyalty to him in you know art from art perspective because there are many ways to show like how we feel towards someone in many ways like some people might show their loyalty their love for the his majesty by um, attending the you know the morning event at the grand palace but yeah some people just is easier i think they ha- they don't have to travel all around to bangkok you know to attend the event but they can just submit the photos they can you know that they draw themselves or just the photo that they took i think it's quite interesting that it like make any people can participate in this um morning you were talking about the drawings and i see a few of the instagram posts are comprised of people's illustrations of the king um which are really cool yeah there's a few uh cartoon illustrations of his majesty that are really sweet (laughs) yeah okay yeah let's not wander up let's maybe head down and we can um we could i suppose we could we could sit here i suppose so you you write a lot about the arts um that's sort of your specialty i wanted to ask you about your childhood were your parents into art when you were growing up no. <laughs> well, my family is, you know, Thai middle class people, so they just try their best to, you know, get on with their life to survive in this. Yes. <laughs> what what did what did your parents do for work? Um they were working, you know, they they used to have a driving school. Was there any art in your house growing up? Like in your in your living room or It's maybe my brother, my elder brother. He's quite love purchasing like um, a painting from famous artists like but it's I think it's like an imitated one 
Yeah, <laughs> like Monet, the scream, and sort of that stuff in his bedroom. But now he moved out, so I take over his room. So there are arts in my room. Oh yeah, yeah. You just, I just realized that. Okay. <laughs> Can you think of one particular show or a or a moment in one particular play that you saw that you think kind of, I don't know, kind of captures what it was that you found exciting about those productions? I think studying in the humanities, um, in the arts, it makes you understand people better. You can see a lot of perspective from people, from like the novels, from play, from arts, from performance stuff, because those who make them reflect what it's realized like. What do you think is the role of art? What do you look for when you're looking for a piece of art? What interests you about certain arts, but other arts you find boring? What do you find interesting? Well, I think art is not only for entertainment. It can also like educate people and enlighten people. So I think it's interesting to see a piece that you know reflects something deeper than just for an entertainment, pure entertainment. Some some art, like I said, is pure entertaining. So you just, if you want to watch that show, you have to like be open-minded, and you will laugh at this one. So there's must, there might not be anything like deeper. So you just feel free to laugh, and you know, have your head blank. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry if it's too harsh. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and if you are going to like the Mm, performance art that express some you know political ideas you might have to study like the background first to make sure that you you're gonna get it right when you watch the show yeah when you are writing new stories who do you imagine you're writing to yeah. well my audience is everyone is might be ideal but well when I write in English you might think that it cannot reach much to Thai audience. But well, yeah, many Thai can read English. And if, when I write in English, it's go further than just Thai community. Even though I, I've been like, used to writing for Thai community because you know, from my first job to my recent job, I always work you know, right in Thai for Thai people. But when I move to Kaosot English, I have to write in English and try my best to reach for like expats and also like you know international communities so I think yeah it's I try to like make hard stuff easier to understand but you know I'm still Thai so I have my you know basic knowledge and stuff so it must be my editor Todd Bruce he he's also American and he like he has to he, um, you know, advised me, suggested me that I have to like elaborate more on stuff that, um, you know, f- foreigners or expat might not understand well. Could you just describe your current your current role at Kaosat English? What's your what what is ex- what, what is it expected of you to cover? Well, my interesting is in like arts and culture, and especially in films. I have become more interested in um, political issues like in the recent years, so I kind of combine those elements together, yeah, and to see what more can I explore. It's not always easy to write about political issues in Thailand, so I'm curious if, has there ever been a story you were nervous to publish? Mm, 
yes, but not that nervous because I have my editor, you know, to like screen it first to make it if it's okay to say this, you know, because yeah, like you say, it's quite. <laughs> it's not that free in terms of political issue that we can express. Yes, so I, but I think in, in terms of arts, it's more like it's not too blunt to express um, political matters because, like I said, like many performances in arts, they like reflect the true life of people and also like the society they live in. So from their work, we can elaborate what our society is really like, I mean, in Thailand. Uh -huh. Do you have a specific example of a story that you were nervous about? Yeah. Mm, maybe that the Thammasat massacre on October 6th. But, but mm, well, I just interview, mm, uh, I just, you know, list the themes and then um, the literature that people are interested in. Uh, and also that that recent one um, about the referendum. But could you explain for our listeners um, who might not be familiar with the referendum in Thailand, what is what was the referendum? We just have the referendum in August 7. As you can see, we are now governed by a military government and they try well, to you know, legitimate the law so they like draft the not the military one the you know the charter who you know who draft the constitution they they just you know ask for people consent first before they you know improve or pass that whole constitution and and that they um the result is that um it's passed so we are gonna have an election next year if there's nothing changed, and then, yeah, we will have elected PM by then. Uh -huh. I asked people, you know, the artists, if to compare um, the referendum or the Thai, the situation in Thailand to like the art form, like films, movies, songs. And I, I, I'm quite like proud of that piece because, you know, I got interviewed with people and then they gave me a very interesting examples and I think wow that's cool. <laughs> what were some of the, the things that they said or they, they gave descriptions of that really resonated with you that seemed really interesting to you? I like Kanye answer. Uh, Kanye is um, the founder of B4 Theater, Tilawat Moon Rilai, yes. And he said that the situation in Thailand is like the Lord of the Rings. And I'm also the, the Lord of the Ring fan so I'm quite think that he's quite creative. Yeah, and he said like, Dark Lord Salon is like Article 44 that, you know, try to observe people when they are doing things wrong and they just want to capture them. And the ring is like the referendum that, you know, have that power to good and bad to people. And, and like the, the activists are like the hobbits. Yeah, it's like hobbits, you know, they try to like make it to Mordor. Yeah. To make it to model, but then they got, you know, obstruct by the Sauron's team. Yeah, uh huh. And that was uh, from the person behind B Floor Theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the director, artistic director. I'm not sure if you've seen some of his work, but he's quite, you know, before it's quite, um, you know, provocative about the political issues and Kanye's point of view is quite interesting and 
then yeah, it like provoke people also to think about what what happened in the past and why are, are they still like nothing improve in the present time. So we have to think of that and try our best to like improve the situation here. When you're thinking about a story and thinking about whether uh, whether you want to write it or whether whether you can publish it, do you find yourself thinking more about the way that the the government and officials would be responding to a story, um, and whether that might upset them, or do you think more about the way that readers, like ordinary ties, might respond at at a more personal or at a more emotional or intellectual level? I personally, I don't. You know, become too self-censored when it's come to writing because well, I don't have to be scared of bigger people in that much. But because part of it, because I I present it in terms of arts, is what the artist said. It's not purely 100% my point of view on that thing. So I think it's not that dangerous to discuss it. And I think you know, art and entertainment quite. Get to people more easily than pure textbook or just um, lengthy new piece about that history about important events. So I think yeah, people can understand things better from reading my article or others article that deal with uh, you know society issues or political issues in the different way from that just blunt reporting. You uh, you use the word. <laughs> Dangerous. You've written um, a few stories about artists who have been accused of breaking or violating Article One One Two. Can you tell us a little bit about some of these artists and what happened to them afterwards? Um, there's the series. It's called Art on Trial. Actually, there's three people, but we've just published two so far. That is um, Goff Pontip Mankong and then um, Bank. But what? Yes, they were arrested because they perform in the theater uh, in a like small show called "Jiaosaomapa" um, or "Wolfsbury" at Thammasat University in the commemoration of the. I think it's October, but I'm not sure if which October even maybe uh, the massacre. Yeah, and and then they got arrested a year after they performed. So they spent two years and a half in jail. They were arrested a year after they performed. Why the <laughs> delay? Well, you have to ask the authority. Well, we're, we're meeting with them later downstairs, <laughs> but they're still getting their passes to make sure that they're official, because otherwise they're going to get yelled at by the security guard. And then you said they got uh, two years, and then so they're. Free now. Both of them are free now. You can read from my articles. Yeah. Well, Bank is the the first one that we published. He's a Malam singer. Well, he he was a student at Konkan uh, University, but he's also passionate passionate about like Malam singing. You know Malam, right? Yeah. yeah uh, Malam is like um, the traditional like art from from the northeastern of Thailand. And then yeah. Uh, Bang quite suffer was quite suffer when he spent time in the in jail, and but he expressed himself through writings. I mean, he write he wrote some song there, 
and then he he said that he will you know sing it when he out when he's out of jail, and then he he got his performance his first his first performance after he got out at the Fofen Association launch. The association is like um, they help the prisoners, you know, to get a better life quality. This association try their best to like provide the lawyer and or just just some food, yeah, to make them feel better. What is the name of that association again? For Friends Association, yes. And what was he originally imprisoned for? One one two because of. So he was he was performing Molam. So he performed just an, an, as an actor in that show. Yeah. Sorry, that was my confusion. You were you were perfectly clear. I just I was crossing my wires. I was like I was all set on the Molam, and I was like I was like oh singing Molam music that got him in trouble. No, I understand now. Okay. I read that there's a a new a new Thai film that has just been was just about to be released, and it had passed all of the the government. Uh, censors and then the funder, tr- uh, True Visions, decided they didn't want it to, to be released. And I was, I mean, the, the uh, was that you? Did you write that article? Okay, okay, okay. Th- I thought so. Could you t- could you talk a little bit about about that about about what about that film and about that situation? And is that an unusual thing to happen to have the, the funder, <laughs> uh, decide to to not release something after, even if the government is, okay with it? Well, the movie is called Motel Mist, which is directed by Prab Da Yun. Yeah, and I think it's not the first time for that to happen. Like, I think there are like two more two films pure to that that was banned by the funders also. And yeah, like I said, I'm not a supporter of you know any kind of censorship. But yeah, some artists might say that well, they're the funder, they they're the one who give money, so they have. You know, a part of decision on that also, but still, in the end, I think is it should let the audience decide if it's the good film, is sucks or is great. But the Motel Miss will be is released this week. They're free now, so you can check it out. So they changed their mind. Yeah, because when I called the team, uh, she said that she just want to postpone it, postpone the release. From what I heard, they didn't cut anything from the films to its release this week. So I think, yeah, maybe they just changed their mind for some reason that I don't know. <laughs> what was uh, what is the film about? Well, it's I think it's quite experimental. It's Prabhda uh, Yun's first film, and he's he's a novelist. His writing is very good. I think he portrayed that in his film also. I think it's quite political, yes. And then, it's well. The story is about like four people who are in this motel called Motel Miss, and then strange thing happen. Like, a guy will be he he think that he can communicate with alien. Wow. In another room, they have like um, uh, an older guy just bought a girl to have sex with him, with him. Yeah, and then like in a sadistic way. So yeah, that's. Two things are happening in parallels. Can you tell us uh, some of the artists working in Bangkok that you're most excited about right now? Well, it must be before the other again. Well, they have like produced many kinds of work that not only like pure political one, but they also like produce the works for children. Also, like the recent one, 
is called Fishy Ball from the Sky or something. Yeah, it's for like about it's like a puppet show for children. That but it's about the bacteria and virus because it was funded by um, Mahidon University that um, you know deal with that medicine issue that if you take too much medicine it will not it's not good like that kind of stuff in terms of theme i really love i'm a big fan of apishat pong you know him right apishat pong yeah and his theme is quite i think is very daring and kind of to go beyond what's been expressed before so that's why i'm in love with his work and very dedicated to him. Yeah. Could you tell us uh, a little bit about Apichat Pong? Well, Apichat Pong is um, from Konken. Yes, and he's grow and raised there. So his his family is in like um, a doctor. So he's you know he's close to that um, sphere. And then he graduated from the faculty of architecture. You know. And then pursue his study as um, in San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken, SAIC, in filmmaking. So his films are independent, of course. It deals a lot about like mythical stuffs and also like Thai myth. Like the Thai audience can understand it better. But it, I think it's quite exotic for foreigner to watch it and then to figure out what is that, what is that, yeah. And his prominent work must be the Uncle Bunmi, who can recall his past life, because that one just won the Bam Dog from Cannes Film Festival. Yeah, I think it's like three or four years ago or five. I must say that many of Thais might not have seen it yet, but we are proud of that his work. Well, at least I'm very proud of his work. <laughs> Why might many Thais not have, have seen his work. The reason why Abhishek Pong, like Uncle Bunmi, didn't get much real because I think, yeah, it's independent and his, the story might be like too difficult. I mean, you know, it's, it's like watching, looking at the impressionist art. So you might not totally get the idea of what you're seeing at that moment, but then you have to ponder afterwards that, oh, this is about that or this, you know, many Thai audience might not get used to independent cinema because they have to like, like take more time to understand what the artists try to say. So there are many kinds of movies in the world and not just the mainstream comedy one or the ghost one. Yeah, it's you. It's you described uh, where Sato Kun's film uh, as a painting. And one of our previous guests, uh, Note Dude Sweet, he he was on the on the podcast. He also described it as a painting, like a painting. Yeah. I went to Chiang Mai just to see his, you know, recent oh, exhibition. Yeah, the Mai Yim Museum. Yeah, it was really good. It was like, as a big fan of him, you know, I just died there. You know, yeah. I I went there alone. You know, just yeah. went to Chiang Mai alone for this exhibition and I was stay there for the whole day and then stuff asked, Oh you're still here <laughs> I was like, Yeah <laughs> That's amazing. Could you could you just uh, to say a little bit about that museum and about the exhibition there? Yeah well the museum the my um museum uh, I I'm not sure if my um contemporary art museum, yes. It's just the new one in Chiang Mai. It's quite off 
from the city. But it's very interesting because it launches with um, Apishat Pong work. They like showcase many of his film and his like works in general. Apishat Pong never a big solo exhibition like this before in Thailand. So it's very big event for a diehard fan to go there. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> right now, Thailand is in a period of mourning and a period of immense change. Um, and I wanted to ask you, what ways have you seen art change during this period of mourning and transition? Well, I think many artists mourn in this period also. And so they express through their work. Like the piece that we just said, you just seen upstairs that they are Thai artists, Thai illustrators, that paint, that draw photo of His Majesty the Late King. Many of the artists do that also, but um, apart from that, I think they still keep on with their lives. They have to produce, you know, the art for the living also. The, the one that got affected so far, I think, is that Motor Mist theme. Yes, but apart from that, um, I don't think I have witnessed others. Yeah. Shortly after the passing of His Majesty, I know uh, the BBC offices were visited by police. Uh, and so my next question would be, during this period of transition and mourning, how do you think writing about art, journalism, how will that be affected? Well, in terms of art, I don't think there's, you know, there's something we have to censor ourselves for that. But I think... I think it's a bit hard to write something about art news now because the the artists didn't quite produce much work as before and they have to like delay it if, if they have any content that they want to express that might be you know sensitive during this time so I think it has yeah it's still like a quiet period now but we have to wait for a while to, for things to get back to like normal, yeah. So I wanted to ask you, uh, why has the Thai media not been talking about the Buckrock invasion? These flowers that are covering the city and because we are obsessed with our governments, we still have our own issue to solve. So we just the, the more conventional issues, politics and culture, just are so sort of prevalent that this sort of strange thing that we haven't kind of wrapped our head around is just sort of too much to pay attention to? No, not, not really. But we just want, you know, to keep people calm with their own life first. And then because we just, but I have to admit that secretly we just know what's happening, but we just want to, you know, just don't want to reveal it to our, to Thai people yet, to keep it a secret. We, we don't want to make people panic. So let's see what's happened. Is your own, like, you're a, do you live in a house or apartment building? House? Is your house, has, have the vines started growing around your house, or is your house okay for the moment? Well, it's still okay, but I think, like, the house next door also covered with vines, yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm very curious what uh, Abhi Chatpong is doing right now, you know, whether, how he will, he'll incorporate all of this into his, you know fiction and non-fiction fictional work yeah yeah I'm very I would like to see a film by him um, about this issue I'm very curious I know this would have to inspire him so I'm, I'm excited to see what he and other artists come up with yeah so as, as I mentioned before I'm about to move back to uh, 
in 10 days. I'm moving back to America after six and a half years here. Given the changes that are afoot in America right now, the election of Donald Trump uh, to the presidency and a lot of the I don't know how to put it exactly, Don. A lot of a lot of the complex things that are happening socially, a lot of the the prejudices that are rising to the surface, a lot of the questions of of censorship and and the media's access to uh, politicians and the way that social media is being used. And having grown up in Thailand and having seen uh, and having uh, yourself wrestled with this, but also seen how other ties have kind of wrestled with the various kinds of censorship or the various coups that have come to power. Is there anything that you'd say that America could learn from Thailand about sort of how to deal with this moment of change? I know that's a rather unusual question. Well, when it comes to like, you know, in Thailand's political issues, I think that many people have different point of view in things. They might think, some Thai people might think that the coup is good, that they can restore the peace in Thailand. But while some people might think may take it as you know the the violation of the freedom of expression and other rights so <laughs> ideally you have to respect what you know the majority choose but still you can ideally well you can express that you are not totally agree with what the majority thing is still you even though you're like the minority but then your voice can be heard and then at some certain point it I believe that it can make a change like in the art also like the artists try their best to like echo their voice and you know it worked that it can like ignite people to think about things that really happening in the society and then well it might draw an attention from the authority also like I've just mentioned yeah and yeah I think there's we have to well learn how to live with it but still we shouldn't lose what we believe in and then we just try our best to like pursue that path even though it's hard but still we, we have to do it yeah is that a suggestion <laughs> no that that's helpful and i think um I guess, I mean, again, I'm going to pursue this just for a moment, if you don't mind. Certain Thai artists clearly have decided at certain points that they're going to, to, to take a risk, that they're going to produce a work of art that could get them in trouble at, for various reasons, right? Um, and they made some determination that they wanted to do that, right? That they decided that this was a, for whatever, you know, for whatever collection of reasons to do that. Yeah, how do you, how do you make that choice of, of to produce a work of art that might get you in trouble? What sorts of things do you think you have to consider? Mm, well, I think the artists who risk themselves must m make sure that they really want to talk about that issue and that issue is important to speak now, you know. Artists know how to like use their creativities, you know, to make that issue softer or just come look at, look soft, but at the end, the essence is there and it's strong. Yeah, even though you present it not too obviously, yeah, but still the audience can get what are you, what you're trying to, you know, to present. So I think it's, well, you don't have to self-censor. Well, I'm not sure if this is called self-censor self -censor when you like use your imagination or try to like make it not too obvious about that issue. Yeah, but I think, as long as you keep your essence of what 
you're trying to say that in your work, I think it's good. Yeah. I often wonder why bother making art if there's a risk to it. Um, you c could live a happier life <laughs> if you never made art, right? If you, so you talked about if the issue is important to you. Um, I guess, and I don't know if you can even answer this, but for artists that you've spoken to, why do they take this risk? Why do you think they do it? Well, their life is in art. Mm, that might be the answer. And yeah, like I said, just because that issue is really important that they can't give it to themselves that they have to express. So I think that, yeah, this, well, if we have freedom like, of expression, then I think that's not like, why not take a risk to challenge, you know, to like express their idea, what they really want to say to the public. Yeah. So we'll, we're going to put a lot of links uh, to your work online. Can you just say uh, how, how the best way to find uh, find your articles and uh, maybe your if you're on Twitter, uh, how people might contact you? Well, you can like go to Castle English and then slash Gauta. I, I mean, like you just click on the article with my name on it and then just click on my name and then you have to see the whole article that I wrote or on Twitter at my username is at gout and at and gauta yeah so you can follow me and just you know can talk to me about anything I guess yeah <laughs> ask you questions about art or uh, alien flowers or whatever people are fascinated by yeah I rather prefer to talk about aliens yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today here at the BACC. Yeah, thank you to you too. I have fun talking to you today. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So what I found uh, really interesting is the nods to B floor um, in Anne's interview. Um, yeah. And I, I noticed B floor comes up a lot. They're sort of at the forefront of <laughs> of multiple Thai art scenes. They're sort of like totally. push, pushing yeah. the envelope in many different forms and mediums. And they're inspiring others uh, to examine uh, the world around them and to examine Thai politics in creative and inventive ways. So I, I just, I think that's really cool. If we ever get back to Bangkok, I would like to <laughs> spend more time with the people before. Um, yeah, completely. It'd be, it'd be really interesting to know what Poupe and her collaborators there are doing, mm. um, you know, at the, yeah, at this point, uh, <laughs> given all the changes that are, that are, yeah. that are going on in, uh, in Thailand and the world. Mm. Apichat Pong, we are Satakun, mm -hmm. Uh, also came up again, and yeah. um, and it's interesting how it's these artists, uh, B Floor and Nappy Chat Pong, who are working, who are kind of who are really coming at Thai culture or coming at these issues from a real slant, are providing some of the most interesting. I don't even know if it's commentary. But they're providing some of the most interesting perspective on uh, on contemporary Thai culture and on and on Thai history and. Um, and while, as Anne suggests, uh, those two artists are not necessarily being seen um, or talked about by a vast majority of Thais, yeah. <laughs> um, they, they certainly they, they certainly are having they're certainly having an impact, and 
um, it'll be interesting to know, you know, ten years from now, how how people mm-hmm. uh, look back and, and think about think about them. Yeah, I was also uh, just startled um, the stories, the idea that a person can be arrested for perceived violations of Article One One Two years later, like a year later. Um, yeah, a year a year after the the, the yeah. supposed incident. Yeah, a year after the the incident. Um, yeah, which. I guess I mean it, it just it just yeah. it just speaks to the it just speaks to I mean so my understanding of of, of article 112 and the and the way it is interpreted is that is that you can be brought up on charges based on 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 very little evidence on hearsay um, that doesn't need to be doesn't need to be very firm proof so it, I guess it kind of makes sense in that context of it's like you know a year later you know someone someone said you know someone said Hey, this guy violated me again. Maybe there, maybe there was documentation, or who knows? But um, because all of those cases are are closed and and shrouded. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was very interesting mm-hmm. and haunting. Yeah. And haunting, yes, <laughs> and haunting. It's interesting releasing this uh, now um, mm-hmm. here in July, uh, here in the summer of 2017, uh, months mm-hmm. after the interview. Uh, it's interesting to to think about the advice that she gives <laughs> yes, Americans. Right. And this, you know, as I, as I mentioned it's, before, it's just that, accurate. you know, yeah, exactly. And just how do you respond as an artist? And, and obviously we've seen, you know, in America, we've seen s- such a wide array of responses to uh, the new presidency and to the right. new uh, state of things. And I guess, I guess I'd say I understand, again, um, I'll say that that it occurs to me that I appreciate a bit more the conundrum that uh, Thai that the Thai people and the Thai artists face in trying to make sense of the present moment, and how, even given the fact that military coups are not are not unusual in Thailand, and that and that social crisis is not necessarily a, a, a new thing or acute moments of, of social crisis or of, of censorship. Uh, it's not that those are new things in Thailand. It, it. Um, I guess I have a bit more of an appreciation for how it's not that easy to, to clearly pass judgment or clearly make sense of in either uh, in either social commentary or in art um, to what is happening. Uh, because I don't know how to make sense of, of what's of what's happening in America. I've, I have plenty of thoughts and feels about that, and I have a certain amount of clarity about what I think about what the current presidency is doing and the way that certain American attitudes are going. But I have no I have no final answer. I have no I have no decisive <laughs> understanding. And I think maybe I might have been as a foreigner, kind of looking for that from the Thai people or from Thai artists when when I was there and. Um, and I think I understand how that's not really fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, does that make any sense? Does that make yeah, any sense yeah. to you? Yeah, we're making major revelations right now. <laughs> no, not to the Thai people, but to ourselves, mm, to our ourselves. ignorant American asses. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We learned something today. <laughs> yeah. I'll just say it was also interesting hearing her talk a bit more about Prabhda Yoon's uh, film Motel Mist and yeah. that dude in that motel room in the Love Motel uh, thinking you communicate with aliens and just thinking about um, again that in the context of the and he must have been making that film he must have been making that film 
before the the whale. Yeah. Maybe not before the transmissions, but certainly before the whales. Before impact. the whales, exactly. Um, and before uh, uh, Captain Shepard was found and Captain Shepard returned. And it just it just did make me think that maybe we owe an apology to that uh, Bangkok professor who said that he was speaking with aliens on oh, yeah. Mars. Uh, maybe right. because maybe he was. And it is again, it's one of those moments where now our present moment is is one where who knows exactly which supposed crazy is is not actually so crazy but actually has the has the true knowledge has the hotline to yeah. the uh, <laughs> uh to all to all that truth up there mm. on the red planet yeah I, I guess once you started translating uh alien audio signals like can no longer point <laughs> fingers right <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> not a, not a position to judge you know <laughs> judgments here <laughs> i hope you've been able to play some of them maybe the new yorker or kenyan review um but no i had not i had not turned the the uh, the crazy lens on myself so thank you for uh, <laughs> right. thank you for illuminating that it's not That's just right. crazies on the other side of that door exactly. it's crazies inside here in the yeah. house talking into a microphone mm-hmm. um just good to good to remember well, we just had such an amazing time interviewing Anne and want to thank her for giving us so much of her time and and also for her patience in our taking so long to get her interview out in the world. <laughs> yeah. We hope you like it, Anne. You can find links to some of her stories on our website, poetinbangkok.com. And please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like the podcast, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us reach new listeners on this planet and others. Mm-hmm. And if you like what you're doing and you want to support us, please uh, go to patreon.com slash poet in Bangkok or follow the link from our website. You can get yourself a wicked cool t-shirt with Donald and Colin on Mars drawn by Kathy McLeod. And for a larger notion and for a larger donation, we'll bring you on the show to talk about journalism, alternative facts, the shepherd's cult, alien translations, and our inevitable encroaching doom. <laughs> And thanks to everyone who's been listening to the podcast and has written us about it, supported us on Patreon. Thanks to those who have said nice things about us online. We appreciate it. And thanks to Anna and Pete for their support and to Isotope for their great sound editing software. Thanks to Martin Pavlinich and his band Reports for our music. And tell your friends about us, whether they are into poetry, music, comics, painting, journalism, We're just quirky podcasts in this era of aliens (laughs) among us. (laughs) And whether you live in Bethune or Sacramento, Lagos or Phuket, we hope you'll keep listening to... What the fuck? What the hell was that? Was that on your end or my end? I heard it. Did you hear it? This is not... Yeah. I'm gonna go see. I'm gonna go see. I'm gonna go see what my what my wife's doing. I'll see you. In, I'll, all right. Uh, all right. Okay, yeah. guys. Well. Uh, okay. Uh, I guess that's the podcast. We'll yeah, see you later. Uh, take care of yourselves. Be well. Donald, take care of yourself if that's on your end. Okay. All right. Take care. All right, man. Bye.